Hey, it's Nicholas. Hey, it's Chris. And where? Y2Z. So, to our listeners near and far, come pull up a chair and join the conversation. We got new episodes every other Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern. And tune in to hear what's on the table that week. So, I'm going to pass the mic to Nick. And Nicholas is going to tell us what he brought to the table today. So, Nicholas, what did you bring to the table? Thanks, Chris Lee. So all today I brought to the table the topic of social media, something that if it's not already in our lives directly, we are impacted by it. So for the first question that I'd like to pose to you, I want to ask, how did you get your start with using tech? I guess hmm, it's a very tough one. (laughs) I was, I don't know, like it's, I would say like elementary school started like using well first we still had the 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 tape recordings the cassette tapes and you would play like the you'd play like the the audio for the like the reading passage or whatever Mm -hmm. and then we jumped into computers and we kind of just went from there phone wise (laughs) i would say like i really gotta start in middle school but i didn't have like a solid phone like a consistent like stream of of using the phone until like sophomore year of high school so like it's kind of like all over the place but Mm -hmm. elementary school was definitely the time like I got like the like a a little taste of what tech can do which is pretty cool so how about you when did you get your start yeah well for me I remember when I was like growing up in elementary school and all that I really knew about the tech about technology was like the home phone right and I mean to some extent the tv with the tv what was interesting is that um one thing my parents would do is that when I was going to sleep, I would, like, watch an episode of Spongebob, right? That might be cringe to say now. However, <laughs> in any event, it would I actually ended up figuring out that they would just let me watch one, like, seven-minute segment of the episode um, because then there were commercials, and they would say, oh, the episode's over, right, which is supposed to be half an hour. So in some sense, that's when I started thinking about time as a concept, But in terms of phones, when I finished fifth grade, I got a flip phone. And my first smartphone was around the end of seventh grade. Um, For reference, that is 2011 or 12. Yes. So it's been a while. Yeah, nine years ago, almost exactly. Now that we've gotten that established in terms of what how we got our start using tech, I think it's a good idea to talk about how we use it nowadays. So what? how do you feel about social media and what is the best social media platform for young people? Oh, that's a good question. Damn. <laughs> What's the best social media platform? Hmm. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a bit biased. At first, I thought it was Facebook, but now I'm like, mm, no, it's a little cringe at this point because <laughs> you have older folk using it, and it's like, well, I don't need to know what Sharon's doing two a.m. in the morning. Like, no, <laughs> um, I feel like I I will say Facebook is definitely like family friendly, which is great, but to an extent, though, to an extent. Yeah. Yeah, but 
I would say like Instagram is the best platform. I'm more of a visual person. So if I see pictures on pictures on pictures, I'm just going to look, look, look. (laughs) And I, I feel like with how like even like businesses are like starting up, like a lot of them start on Instagram, like, you know, like the small homegrown. And like, I like the whole like aspect of me being able to tailor my media consumption a little bit. Although, like, that's a whole nother, like, uh, privacy issue discussion. So, there's that. I haven't really gotten into Tumblr. Never gotten into Tumblr. But I have heard, like, a lot of things from it. Especially for, like, if you're into, like, fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Or, like, really, like, in-depth posts about anything. So, that was a good one. But I think Instagram's the best platform, really. For people, for, you know, for our Gen Zers out there, like, Instagram. It's Instagram. No doubt. No cap. (laughs) Yeah, well, I have to say that I used Tumblr back in the the day. (laughs) (laughs) But it's interesting. I mean, I felt as though it was more interesting to observe than to be a part of for me. But um, Facebook, I think, is really good. In the sense that I feel as though I get less promotions on there, in a sense. You know, like, mm-hmm. I, I know that there are ads on Facebook, and I see it more so when I'm looking at videos on my phone um, from Facebook and when I start scrolling. But I like that with Facebook. Right. I feel as though I'm not, like, yes, it's more multi-generational. In a sense, it's not only Gen Z or primarily Gen Z and Millennials. But there are even older generations and even younger generations, too. With Instagram, I feel as though, well, I would agree that it is kind of like the best social media platform for young people. On the other hand, I think it's really saturated. I don't want to say oversaturated, but I feel as though there's just so many ads. There's so many people who are using it for many different purposes which on one hand is good but I think it can get re- I think it can get really overwhelming as a consumer. So that kind of really leads me into the next question which is kind of um standards of social media. I know that you had mentioned something about kind of the generational differences that come up with using Facebook. So what would you say about the standards of social media that we have in our generation? And are they okay? Do they need to change? And what are your general thoughts about it? Another good question. (laughs) (laughs) The standards of social media. I will say, like, before, like, when, like, you know, in the earlier, I remember even, like, let's, let me take it back to elementary school. I remember when, like, MySpace was, like, really big and, like, people were, like, bullying each other on, on, uh, myspace so much Mm -hmm. to the fact that my elementary school had to send out like a letter to everybody every um student their parents to say like this is what's happening like cyberbullying is very serious we can't be like you can't be doing this mind you we're all we're not even supposed to be on myspace because we're like eight nine ten but that was just that was just a little taste of what was going on and I think we've gotten better at at pointing it out and being like, no, we shouldn't accept this as the norm, especially with with uh, physical appearance. I know like a lot of bullying comes from physical appearance 
And if you're too skinny, if you're too fat, if you're this, if you're that, like there's always this nitpickiness. Mm -hmm. And I think we gotten better. I've seen in comments on IG that people would be like, well, like stop being so, why are you so up the butt about it? Like there's no reason for you to do that. Like stop it. And then there's kind of like a back and forth, like, oh, why are you just coming to my comments like that? Like, uh, like it's not into the comments of all places, not into the comments. So I will say, like, we've gotten to a point where, like, we're conscious enough to be like, okay, this is not acceptable. But I don't think there has been like a real push to be like, okay, if you post this, get get out. of course we can't like regulate speech like that so so it's like it's more of just you being able to be conscious about it and ignoring it if you're taking it to heart that's when it's really going to affect you and consume you Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word yeah like that's really what i can say on the standards what's your take on it because i know it might be different you might have a different take on it Yeah, I think that it's kind of complicated because a lot of the time in this conversation talks about like free speech and free will come up. But I'd say that one thing that really worries me is kind of like the tunnel vision that I feel as though I can fall into through social media because of the algorithm. You know, I see people who are, well, the thing is, is like, for example, I guess I'm atypical in the sense that I don't really use the explore page on Instagram often. And if I do, I don't. Really? I know it's a (laughs) hot take. However, like if I use it, I just like don't even scroll. I just look at like the first thing that pops up. So that may not be the typical usage from what I've heard. However, it's interesting that some people that I would consider like, people who I interact with regularly on social media, they post something and I didn't see it, even though I was on Instagram for like half an hour that day. Um, So it's interesting now with like ads and stuff like that. Did people see your post? Did they not? I feel as though it also is an additional pressure for young people because I grew up with the rise of social media. But now that social media has risen, I'm interested to see how people that are a few years younger than us will react, you know? And are they being trained to, like, act appropriately and stuff like that? And by acting appropriately, I mean, like, not giving information to, like, random, to strangers, people that you don't feel comfortable with. You know, I think there is definitely some, like, security concerns. And otherwise, in terms of standards, I think that a topic that really interests me is kind of how you... Like uh, geotags, really. Um, And what what worries me about geotags specifically is that there's been so many like spots in national parks throughout the world and at different like locations where it's brought a lot of foot traffic. But on the flip side, you know, a lot of places that don't have regular regulation by some type of a, it doesn't even have to be the government, you know, by some type of an organization, some type of, group of people and then there's just um a problem in the amount of foot traffic and this like natural wonder being destroyed so i think that in terms of standards of social media there's a long way that we can go but it's really complicated to regulate and i think a lot of the responsibility falls under the the user right yeah 
I do. I will say that just even going back to IG, like it's definitely, I feel like it's more, I'm shopping more than I'm experiencing anything else. If that makes sense. Yes. Yes. (laughs) If it's not skincare, it's clothes. Mm -hmm. If it's not clothes, it's makeup. If it's not makeup, it's a trip to somewhere that I should have been going because it's so lit over there. You can see it in the <laughs> pictures. Yeah, I feel like they're trying to sell us a type of life that we should be living because there's so much pressure being, being part of this generation is so much, it's so much pressure. And it makes me scared because, like, I guess it ties in with having imposter syndrome. If you just feel like I'm not good enough or, like, I'm not satisfied with what I'm doing, like, what the path I'm on, it can social media could, could ruin <laughs> your life that way. And it does scare me that I'm constantly like, oh, like, I should be doing this. I should be doing I should be traveling to this place. I should be buying these products. I should be looking like this. No. I'm running life on my own time, on my own on my own pace. Social media, leave me alone. <laughs> so No, that's that's extremely valid. And I think that really brings me into kind of the next question for today. And it's really kind of like a thought question about who all uses media and like the tropes that are associated with it. So I think some people may not like openly identify with these terms, but they could be classified into them. So there's like the consumer, the marketing strategist, the influencer, and then the influencer crusader, right? Um, We'll talk about each one of these terms. Some of them might be more self-explanatory than the others. But for me, I think what's really important to know is that social media is becoming a realistic like form of marketing Um, we've seen that for the past few years but it's been exploding both on a business level in terms of here's a corporation they have an instagram page and they're like putting out ads they're putting out content they have instagram stores and stuff like that but then there's also kind of like the individual marketing of like people who are creating a brand out of themselves and people who are also using their image to promote different things this might have been comparable to like a magazine last century right you might have seen what the newest models were up to what they're wearing and stuff like that but now you see it in real time or almost real time so chrissy what do you think about this yeah so even just let's touch upon like magazines for a bit like i it's crazy to me which is it's crazy but it's it's a bittersweet moment that magazines are going all digital it's great that we're not using as much paper as we used to but it does tell me like hey like this is the new format and it's here to stay there's no way like going back to paper is is just kind of not the it's not the wisest move and it's definitely it's kind of like okay like social media like you're gonna have to embrace it at some point right and even in, in this is just for other industries as well too because now I'm I'm on YouTube I'm on YouTube watching people 
looking for jobs and they're like oh like for modeling jobs or like acting jobs they're like well sometimes they ask you hey like what's your what's your social media like what is your brand so yeah it's becoming more and more common on job applications where you might not even find it well at least for myself I don't find it the most intuitive but they people are asking like oh what's your social media what's your Instagram like sure it makes sense if you're going to be like promoting someone's product but like for regular yeah I shouldn't say regular but for internships let's say and even natural sciences where it doesn't seem to be the most intuitive thing that to ask for social media it is happening and on one hand it's still it's still like do you are you published do you have a paper out are there's no there's, it's not too much media but it's still something you still have to come with something yeah um, you're right you know so there's there's not don't be fooled if there's not media involved you still have to bring something to the table oh yeah so, you're completely right that, i mean we can't really lie to ourselves as it comes to that. But I think that in any event, like social media is also used as a way to quote unquote stock people to see what type of people they may be like. But I think that get is that social media is when someone puts a filter on their own life and shares it with you, it's not their unfiltered life. However much that may seem, you know, I'm not talking only about editing pictures. I'm just talking about, the way that people choose to present themselves. And that's an active choice that people make in person as well with what they're going to wear, how they're going to act, who they're going to speak to, where they're going to sit. But when all of these actions are transmitted in one way or another through a screen, it becomes a little bit more complicated um, to kind of get that complexity of emotion expressed. But I think that since we've already talked about a lot of different like materialistic ways in which social media is used, I really want to ask you, um, how do you think or do you think that we can have an informative and realistic experience on social media? See, that's really hard these days because it's very curated and it's very filtered. So could you have a realistic experience? It's not the same as going back like 10, 15 years where you just watch the news and whatever the news gives you is what you get. That's not what's happening now. What's happening is we're getting very, very selective about what's being shown, what's and what's that being shown mm-hmm. to who. That was not phrase right yeah but so now it's like can you really have a realistic experience I'm very doubtful about that realistic no but you could possibly still have an informative experience being that if you are if you're checking your sources if you're making sure that you're the news that you hear is from a reputable source and it's and it's happening in things that's happening in your neighborhood it's things that you can see as well so maybe you could still have an informative experience but I don't think it's realistic so mm-hmm. I that yeah I sense. would say that I mostly agree with you except that I feel as though in some senses it can be realistic so for example on Instagram I like to follow a lot of um, travelers right and so typically 
I see what they're doing, how they're doing, or that at least those are the parts that are interesting to me. So I'm seeing through some content creators, how they're creating like the funds, you know, what they're doing in their lives in order to be able to kind of live remotely and travel the world and, and achieve different goals, right? I'd say the realistic experience that I'm getting right. from that is that I'm being able to inform myself to make my own decisions that could emulate theirs. In short, without me being like way too wordy, what I really want to say is that it is informed, like I'm learning a lot, but is my experience going to be exactly like theirs? Probably not. You know, just because someone was able to use credit card points to get a $25,000 bonus on their first credit card or something like that does not mean that I'm going to have those $1,000 to give as soon as I sign up for a new credit card. You know, it's not always all that easy and simple and I think that it's very a lot of things could be very easily glorified and they are easily glorified on social media yeah I I agree I mean now that you gave your your take on it I do want to kind of revise my (laughs) um first thought on this question and yeah I think you can still have like a realistic experience but I guess I more took it more like from like mm-hmm. a social issue politics side if we're talking about in that realm it can get a little there's too much gray area but if we're talking about like lifestyle and comedy happy like I think you could still have a, a pretty good experience on social media I think it depends on like the tone mm-hmm. of the content that's what really makes it whether it's factual or it's just for fun or it's it's just content that you want people to enjoy well the thing is with content though is that i think instagram in some ways is also at least from what i've seen in the social circles i'm in and the pages i follow you know a lot of people try and put a positive spin on things which is important you know and now we see trends like trigger warnings i'm calling it a trend just because i've been seeing it more recently nowadays than before however i am Uh, aware of the fact that it's been around like trigger warnings have been a thing for a while the problem now that i'm seeing with social media is that it's being used as a tool for trying to achieve everything you know i feel as though with instagram that's a big thing we can now do video chats we can do um, direct messages stories posts videos (laughs) igtv reels you know it's kind of like an all-in-one And apart from the fact that that could be overwhelming for some people, including myself, you know, I don't even know how to make a reel um, and I haven't posted in months. Can someone say? But (laughs) I now want to talk a little bit about kind of the different informative posts on social issues that come up on social media and kind of the cloud that surrounds it that in the sense, like, you need to share this, these posts How do you react to them? Is it good enough just to be informed? I mean, for the last question, of course, it's not always enough just to be informed. But what is the balance with this? Because is it kind of people trying to like leverage their social currency by using these informative posts to make themselves seem as though they're good members of society? I don't know. You said social currency. Look at you using those SAT words. SAT? What's that? <laughs> um, I feel like it's become... At first, it was it was nice that we're all expressing, 
you know, charities or issues that we want to be a part of or we already are a part of. We want other people to participate in. But I feel like it's it's gotten to a point where, like, it's a little bit performative. And it's it's kind of sad. Because now like, I'm questioning, are people really for the issue? Or are you just doing that because you saw everyone else doing it? Or you Yeah, I wholeheartedly because, agree. One of the things that really, yeah, really gets under my skin is, I think you've probably seen it too, is when people at our university, you know, they share posts about like donations, right? Especially people who are in different like fraternities, sororities, they do like bingo boards on social media stories, on Instagram stories, and they tag people with the amount that they have donated. And I think that can be kind of, um, it's not that I have a problem with people donating to certain organizations, on the contrary, but sharing who donated, how much is kind of risque a bit, in my opinion. I don't know, what do you think about it? I kind of see it as like holding the door for someone. Don't expect them to say... Mm like you're welcome there's a chance they will say you're welcome there's a there's a chance they won't say you're welcome you just gotta you did it mm-hmm. because you wanted to be nice so you're still gonna hope open the door i mean hopefully they do say you're welcome but if they don't well you still mm-hmm. did a, a, a kind thing at the end of the day and that's what i think you should go about when you're mm-hmm. donating to charities and you're doing these things you know you should do it because you want to help and and that's what your what's your driving motivation if you're being all performative and you're being like oh my god like i just donated like five dollars to like charity water to help the children of africa build well don't even get me started i mean one of the problems that that gets under my skin That gets under my skin because of the fact that africa is in the western world is used so often it's as a monolith right it's referred to as a monolith africa is a continent africa is not a country and like when those types of posts come up like donate money to help provide clean water for children in africa you don't hear the same about asia you don't hear the same about south america you hear about specific issues in specific countries sometimes in specific communities in those countries you know you're not using the name of the continent to refer to every country so i think that's a really good example that you brought up you know kind of the stereotypes as well that can be perpetuated through social media you know because it's kind of like a chain one person sends it in the dm the other person saves it the other person sends it you know as a link to someone else there's so many ways and so many places where this information could go it's really hard to find like a good balance with it, you know, how much you should use the social media, how much you shouldn't, um, and how much importance you give it in your life. I mean, I don't know what you think about it, but I think that it's kind of overwhel- overvalued for a lot of things. Oh, for sure. I think going back to what you mm-hmm. said about saturation, I feel like we are at that point. We are, we reached <laughs> critical mass <laughs> on social media. Um, I feel like, yeah, everyone's just doing, everyone's participating. Everyone wants a slice of the good life on <laughs> media, whether that is living, showing people that they've donated, 
showing people that they're living a good life, showing people that they are, um, they are that person that they're looking for, for that um, position at X company. No matter what it is, you're using media as this, mm-hmm. as this channel to get what you want. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to to want all the to want those things and use media for it. But when is it what what are some like red flags that we should look out for to know that okay, you're using media way too much. It needs to stop or else it's you're jumping you're jumping down a rabbit hole and you might not come out. I think that for me the biggest red flag is when I'm not aware of what time it is. I'm not aware of where I am, not only for myself, but it's kind of like, oh, I'm Back. walking on the street, yeah. scrolling through Instagram. No, 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 no. Like, Nicholas, I have said to myself, this needs to stop. And it has, because I truly think it's unsafe, because I find myself kind of living in an alternate reality, and that's like the reality of Instagram, right? What's real about that? What is real about that? Every single picture that I've posted as well is one where I find myself to look flattering, not one where I do not find myself to look flattering. And I find <laughs> I like my content to be clean yeah. and streamlined if I'm sharing something on Instagram stories, something that I identify with. So what's a red flag for me? When I'm checking the views, you know, I'm not using my personal Instagram, you know, for any business type purposes. I don't even know how many picture how many pictures I posted, how many likes I have. I don't even know how to make a highlight yet on Instagram stories. That might be a little bit extreme. I could figure it out. It's not that I have a problem with doing that. But for me, the big red flag is kind of like looking at so much and still not being able to identify anything worthwhile from it. You know, let's say I'm on my phone for 30 minutes and someone asked me, oh, what were you just looking at? Mm-hmm. and I say nothing and it's not me saying nothing because there wasn't anything to wow. look at it's because I'm so overwhelmed and I didn't find anything of such value that I remember it to be able to share that with someone else so what did I do I stuffed my mind with information that may or may not be useful may or may not be valuable but it becomes kind of transactional here for right now and then gone right take my money take my time Take my mind. <laughs> All exactly. I I agree. I do have these like, oh my gosh, what did I just do moments? Like, oh man, like I just wasted all this time on media when I could have been going outside. I could have smelt some roses or talked to someone. Because I feel like that's a common thing that's, I've noticed that in group situations where we would talk for a little bit and then go right on our phones. And then I would be staring at everyone else on their phones. And I'm like, guys. No, you've gotten like, on myself. On. Like, so for me, now. I know that you've gotten on, you know, you, you've <laughs> been um, critical. However, I've been, like, when I really, exactly, uh, no. So I really stopped doing that. <laughs> and I think that the, the bad thing is, is that it's because I felt as though, I can never turn myself off in terms of like 
not, it's not even social media. Most often I wasn't looking at social media when we're in a group. I'm looking at emails. Has anyone texted me? Am I going to respond immediately? You know, I always like to be prompt, but prompt doesn't mean being available 24-7. So I think there's definitely like a right. boundary issue when it comes to social media. And are we like actively setting the boundaries or are we letting us are letting ourselves be manipulated by social media itself? Like what is the is it clockwise or counterclockwise? You know, how does the wheel spin? It's a very tricky path to navigate. Because for one, like you gotta, you gotta be conscious about it and be like, okay, now like this is a problem. Is you gotta decide like, are you gonna let it continue being a problem, or are you gonna actively find ways to control your consumption? Because again, I don't think media is not going away anytime soon, and you don't want to be you don't want to be technologically disadvantaged mm-hmm. in any way. So you got to find the way you got to find the balance. And well, this kind of ties into the next question. Like, what are some solutions um, we can find to control our consumption? And some ways like personally I have done is (laughs) my friends are going to flame me for this, but I don't have any notifications on like any app, like any messages. I have them off, all off. I will get to you when I get to you is kind of like my motto when Mm -hmm. it comes to like phone use. Also, I do have a timer on Instagram now so that I'm only on it for like an hour a day. I have been going over a little bit. Mm -hmm. I would say that, but I'm getting on. (laughs) I'm getting to that hour mark. I'm working on it. It's going good. Well, so far. But I still need to, like, get on that that train and be like, okay, I, I got to, like, jump off. What can I do? Like, the moment that you the timer thing goes off, I got to say, like, okay, what can I do that's better mm-hmm. than me scrolling on Instagram? That's the question, like, you got to really ask yourself. Because if there's nothing better to do, then, yeah, why not? Continue scrolling. Keep doing it. But if you can find something better to do and and that can actually get you on like a productive vibe, then you know what's what you gotta what do you have to lose at that point? So I guess I, I would say like you kinda have to rationalize with yourself a little bit, but that's how I would do it. So what would you do, Nick Nicholas? Yeah, I mean I'm not sure. Situation? I think that people need to make the decision that seems best for themselves. I think that there needs to be a better balance between like right. real like real life activities and online activities. I think that taking like having cameras on our smartphones is revolutional in the sense that you can now like have video chats with friends and family from all across the globe, you know, relatively simply. In most cases, you can take pictures of important moments and stuff like that but when you like see people that are coming together just to take pictures for instagram i'm like you know unless that's your profession sometimes i feel as though it can be a bit i don't want to say cliche but i think i ask myself like where are the priorities what are you doing in your own life in your real life beyond the screen that makes you instagram worthy I'm not saying I have no, I have ultimate respect for people who make their careers off of social media because I feel as though it's a very cutthroat industry. 
my feel is it takes a lot of time, a lot of energy, and a lot of stuff is kind of like, a lot of stuff is kind of often forgot about. So for me, I think that a good practice is like limiting the amount of time you spend on social right. media, like trying to spend less than an hour on your phone every day, at least as it ter- as it relates to social media. Also making sure to like follow less people. I don't say that in a sense like, oh, start unfollowing your friends, but why are you following an account that you're not interacting with? I think that's something that Instagram is good about. Like when you go into who you're following now, you can see the accounts that you interact with the least. And I think it's really good to like not be overwhelmed, you know, because there's a lot of accounts that share information that really might not be relevant to you. And so why fill your head with things that aren't that relevant? Right. I will say though, like (laughs) I've been following a lot of, brands recently so I noticed that they Mm -hmm. post a lot per day it's it's ridiculous and it's to the point where it's like and now that that IG has like the shop feature ooh, it's really bad you're kidding connect to your Apple pay I'm Android (laughs) so I didn't know no no it connects to your Apple Pay and you could just buy that. Like you see it, you buy it in one go. I mean, thankfully I haven't done it yet, but it's too tempting to not, you know, click. It's really like, that's a red flag, not on my part, on IG's part that I got to watch out for. And I will definitely be lowering the amount of time I'm on that platform. I will say that I can't really speak for other platforms, but I guess it's definitely just not having like a time, like a a time you get on, a time you get off, but more of like, I'll just spend Mm -hmm. an hour from now, an hour or two from now on, you know, but I, I guess, you know, since we're still in these troubling times, so what, what would be like a, a good balance to have with media especially during like yeah I think that um, a good balance would probably look like something that like something like a schedule in some sense like not something that you have to regard too rigorously but if you tell yourself you're only going to spend two hours a day like on your phone or on social media you stick to that you know I think it's important for people to set structure for themselves And because of the way that a lot of work is becoming remote and a lot of the time we have so much additional pressure on ourselves to kind of quote unquote succeed, right? I think it takes more and more energy and more and more time in order to achieve these goals. But that's kind of like my idea, you know, Um, my conception is kind of making sure that you're aware and in tune with yourself and with your habits and then working to create something that works for you. Like for myself, who's not running, like if I were to be running a clothing business on Instagram, I would probably be posting like stories all day, doing this thing, the other thing. Whereas someone who's using their Instagram for just like personal or private reasons exclusively, I don't think that's, you know, (laughs) um, necessarily the best thing to do to each their own, really. Yeah, I, I agree. I guess I would say more like try to break out and see like if you can use media in more of a productive way 
because it's not just yeah you're right social media there's there's apps yeah there's apps you can use now to exactly you know make a podcast you could edit photos you can edit you can make videos you can um you know take pictures you can do you could do so much stuff Mm -hmm. with not media but technology that i think you can you can make something creative and still be productive and not feel like you haven't accomplished anything i feel like that's sort of the path i think we're starting to realize that a little bit more but we'll just have to see i'm hoping that we see more creativity happen as the year um progresses and i'm looking forward to seeing yeah what, what comes out of it yeah i completely That's agree with that and i think mm-hmm. with all those kind of recommendations and different thoughts that we have about social media we might be reaching the end of our first podcast so <laughs> on that note um <laughs> I really wanted to let all of our followers know that if you have a topic that you'd like us to talk about, please DM us on Instagram at Y2Z on air. Again, that is at Y2Z on air on Instagram. And so just to recap a bit today, we talked about social media benefits, losses, and how to live with it. And really what's most important is that you use it in a way that is suits your life and your needs. Thanks for listening to us today, and let's meet up again in two weeks.